Welcome back. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things, the show where each week we find the best, the brightest, the strangest shows and films available to watch from your home. In an ocean of streaming networks vying for your attention, we are your lighthouse, your beacons of broadcast, your curators of content, and you are welcome for that service that we provide. It's not an easy task. No need to thank us or anything. It's actually exhausting. In a way, it is. I mean, Andy works hours before each show with these new formats that we're using to get everything set up. Look how many you can see. You can't see on the live stream here. But if we were to angle down, we don't have like drones or robotic abilities yet for panning and tilts. However, if we did, you would see the plethora of wires here. And I would assume be very impressed. So you can stream us every week. Where's that at, Steve? Is it twitch.tv slash streaming things pod, I believe? You are correct. I think nailed I freaking nailed it. You nailed it, man. It's almost like you're a host of the show. It's almost <laughs> like I helped create these things. You can also email us at streamingthingspod at gmail.com. That's streamingthingspod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear our listeners' feedback. And if you're obsessed with feedback, you have some kind of disorder where like feedback is your thing and you just get stressed out without a different like advent for that outlet for that i must review something yes like a frequent yelper you know you you rate every restaurant you can actually call the show oh yeah there's a phone number you can call steve what is that number that number is 859-757-4051 what was that number 859-757-4051 and then you can leave a voicemail you can follow us subscribe to us on patreon at patreon.com slash streaming things we have multiple tiers of subscriptions of support oh man we got a big big reveal for this week with our patreon what is that oh well we are gonna start doing our first batch of bonus content for our patreon members at the five dollar tier and up only Mm -hmm. you get access to special old school style reviews of the original lord of the rings trilogy by peter jackson so Mm -hmm. this week we're actually going to be extended extended edition yes that's very important Mm -hmm. we don't we don't do extra footage we don't do that let that simple nobody fucks with theatrical two and a half hour long theatrical edition we do the full three and a half hour long extended cuts you know for bros yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh and and the cool thing is we are giving you the listener even if you're not a patreon member we're giving you a free sample of the trilogy we are releasing the fellowship of the ring patreon episode for free for everyone who is already subscribed to this podcast you will get that first episode just giving you a little taste yeah, and if you like what you hear and you're like, man, I really love it when streaming things goes back to their roots and do, they do old school style deep dives into a very specific property. If you like that, you can have you more. like that. <laughs> so much fun. You, you can like have that. so much more. Just become a five dollar member uh, on our Patreon and you can get access to the two towers and Return of the King and so much more after that. So there you go. Patreon.com slash streaming things. Hell of a plug, Steve. I love it. Now, I, honestly, on a personal note. We had a blast. Last night we recorded the first Patreon episode, which again is going to be available to for free. So to all yeah. subscribers of the podcast that, in general. That'll be releasing on your feed Thursday. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, that sneak peek will be Thursday's release. So you, you're listening this Monday. A couple more days from now on Thursday, you can hear the Fellowship of the Ring uh, Patreon episode. And that'll give you a taste of what's to come. But uh, we uh, and absolutely dope ass music. We had it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a good time doing hard. that. We stayed up till like one in the morning last night. For of course, the movie's almost four hours long, so that took the bulk of it. Went and got some Indian food, and then we sat and picked apart Fellowship of the Ring for hours, and it was a blast going scene by scene and and talking about what we loved and yeah, uh, making jokes. So I know how some people might be thinking like, oh, they're hyping their Patreon stuff, and that is part of it. But to be completely and perfectly honest, that Lord of the Rings fellowship of the ring episode we recorded last night may have been the most fun i've had recording streaming things and 
in an age. Yeah, that was so much fun. For sure. That's the, mo- the most fun we've had in quite a while. So look forward to more of that. And uh, once you listen to it, do me a favor and think about the format of the show, because we wanted to be, you know, utilitarian with the, with the current format. We want to give you some movie news, show you what's coming out soon, and then pick out something that you can watch. But if you just want us picking one thing, tearing it apart, diving deep, having a good time, that's easier for us, number one. And if it's actually better to listen to, just let us know. We're not, you're not going to hurt our feelings. We, yeah. we, we require feedback, right? Mm-hmm. We're Other, one of those people that need it. Mm-hmm. We yeah, we're needy. We have, yeah, we have, uh, what's the word? What's the codependency issues, you might say, <laughs> my therapist would say. And I try to exercise all that here on the show. Men would literally rather create a podcast than go to therapy. As the old adage goes. Hey, that's <laughs> why that's why I'm on the show. You can also follow us on Twitter at StreamThingPod. That is at StreamThingPod. That's all the boring business stuff that we got going on today. Let me hop on in to our official segment. Check the gate. Oh shit! My all my buttons are messed up. Oh. <laughs> We're checking gates now. That's the new bumper. Ah shit! All my buttons are messed up. This week the news is rather short and sweet. A couple big things dropped though. However, I'm sure you guys heard that Idris Elba, the beloved Bloodsport from the Suicide Squad, and Stringer B from The Wire is cast as Knuckles mm-hmm. in Sonic the Hedgehog 2. You remember how in the Suicide Squad episode, I was saying how I love Idris Elba, but I'm not so happy movies. with his uh, his casting choices. Yeah. Yeah, his agent is like, I, <laughs> I got you the wire at the beginning. All right. Yeah. Now my job. I'm he's just, just cashing checks now. Yeah, he's That's just coasting from now on. Dude, that first Sonic movie was pretty badass, though. It was pretty good, and I'm was a it? Sonic fan. I you didn't watch it? it? No. It's worth a watch. It's yeah. definitely not what you would think it would be, which is hot garbage, um, especially after the like character design debacle that mm-hmm. they went through. You remember yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. Um, Sonic looks so whack that the fans demanded he be redesigned. Rightfully so. That was a really poor design. And they improved it. In general, I hate that, though, where the fans get a say. It's like, no, just let the artists have their creative vision come to life. For sure. You don't, you don't get to choose. In this case... I'm glad that they changed it, but I also kind of wish they didn't. I set a bad precedent. Restore the Sonic cut. Should have been fuck Uh, y'all. This is our movie, and this is what we're doing. But Idris Elba, interesting choice as Knuckles, and I'm excited to, you know, anything Idris Elba's in, I support, but I'm with Steve. I'd much rather see him in, like, uh, an A24 you know, movie yes. or something. You know, to be honest, like it's, it's VO work. So maybe he just showed up for like an afternoon and just recorded his lines and got some money. Good on him. I don't know. Is Knuckles like that? That was probably a solid month. For VO work? I don't know. I, I don't think I don't think no clue. actors who do VO work like that work for more than a month. I think it might be a week tops. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's say a week. Let's say six days. Because they literally just have to. They, I mean, look at what we do. We just show up into Andy's uh, uh, dining room and just you know make dick jokes and we're ready to go. But uh, like an actor just has to show up into a sound booth and it's like, oh, is this on? That may be really cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's all they got to do. That's all they got to do. There you go, folks. All you voice actors out there, you don't work that hard. Says Steve May thirteen. I'm not saying the voice actors don't work hard. <laughs> I'm just saying that it's it doesn't probably take nearly as much of time as going on to a set mm, as being can't built. take it back. All right, can't take it back. You're right. Sorry, voice actors and actresses. It's not like we had a voice actor and all of her friends on the show the other day. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. (laughs) No, I I understand what you're saying. But anyway, that's Idris Elba's Knuckles. Uh, And the other news, it's not really news so much as like rumor and conjecture, but it's close to my heart. I don't know if you guys have heard anything about this, but uh, James Gunn 
has uh, spoken with Warner Brothers CEOs and news came about that he was definitely, most likely, probably, maybe going to work with Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn again. And so is it going to be some kind of spinoff show? Uh, We know that he's doing Guardians 3. Uh, What else does he have coming down the pipeline? Is it going to be another Suicide Squad movie? Blah, 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 blah. So fans took it and ran with it. And they came up with this idea of a Gotham City Sirens film, which would be Mm. amazing. And the Gotham City Sirens, if you don't know, is Catwoman, Poison Ivy, uh, and then Harley Quinn gallivanting together. And that would be an amazing thing, especially if uh, directed by James Gunn. But fans went wild with it, and they're already coming out with like things to be upset about about this project that doesn't actually exist yet. Mm-hmm. Um, like, oh no, they probably don't have the rights to Catwoman. The movie's going to be trash without Catwoman. And I just thought what was funny is that James Gunn eventually came in and was like, his tweet says, and I quote, you might be getting ahead of yourself. Yes, Margot and I have discussed working together again, but I've never discussed nor considered Gotham City Sirens. So therefore, speculative articles aside, haven't encountered any rights issues around the non-existent project. No sobbing emojis needed, Um, (laughs) which I thought was funny. He's just like, you guys are upset about something that might happen with something that I haven't actually discussed about maybe doing like just chill the fuck out nerds. Um, Dude, uh, and us nerds need to chill out sometimes. I I've kind of come across a really weird thing about uh, DC fandom. And there's like a very, very vocal. They're the release, the Snyder cut fans hmm. that, that group of people who are like really, really into Zack Snyder. Apparently they were like review bombing suicide squad and they were like, yeah, they wanted the air cut. Well, they, and they were also cheering the fact that Suicide Squad didn't bring in that much money, you know, during a fucking pandemic, you know, coming back. And it's just so weird to me. Like, what are your end? What is your end game? What? what, what, what? We used a Marvel term. I, just, just to, I know. Just that's a low blow. Like, what is the plan? Like, they yeah. do realize Zack Snyder was executive producer on this fucking movie. Remind right? Remind me, how much money did the Snyder Cut make again? <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. those guys. It made a lot of Warner Brothers uh, uh, HBO Max subs, I guess. But mm-hmm. but still, I, do you guys know what I mean? Like, what what is the point? I don't get review bombing. Like, I understand they're mad with Warner Brothers for what they quote-unquote did to Zack Snyder. But at the same time, like, th- there's a lot of artists and stuff working on this particular film that are so far removed from Zack Snyder, that whole debacle. Mm-hmm. I, I understand what you're saying, and it's not like a small sect of people or anything. It is an alarming amount of toxicity in multiple fandoms, but DC especially. I don't know where it, what it stems from, but it's also like having a debate, trying to find the rationale in uh, a bunch of Rick and Morty fans trashing a McDonald's for running out of sauce. Uh, you know, it's just like, there's no the sauce. There's nothing to even talk about there. It's just it's a bunch of unstable assholes right yeah um yeah the people that would take the time to review bomb are no better than people that trash mcdonald's that were running out of sauce you know it's, it's yeah. probably the same people like they probably. ran home and just angrily used ketchup and got straight on to imdb or rotten tomatoes and it's that dude in the harley quinn show that has the last shit i sucks shirt on and he's like this show is all about feminism yeah. it's so yeah. terrible oh my god <laughs> yeah that guy i'm a big giant fucking incel he's fun at parties <laughs> uh but anyway so not much in news this week that was check the gate now moving on to our next segment what's coming down the stream no stress steve there's no bumper yet i got ready but though. you were so i was jumping so right on the ones and twos. working on it so we got a lot of things coming out and you guys need to pay attention because this week's gonna be a doozy okay um we got some stuff coming out so on netflix i'm moving all my papers around uh on august the 20th so that's right before the next episode's gonna drop you get uh, a film called sweet girl if you guys heard about this movie no 
So this is on Netflix. So it's going to be free to stream for everybody that has a Netflix subscription. And it stars Jason Momoa. And it's about a devastated husband who vows to bring justice to the people responsible for his wife's death while protecting the only family he has left, his daughter. So from the sense that I get, and I try not to watch trailers for spoiler reasons, it's basically Jason Momoa as John Wick, but with the kid hanging out with him. So imagine if he had never dropped the dog off at the hotel and it was a kid. And that's, I think that's the movie. That was probably the elevator pitch for this film. I'm dead on. Probably. It just sounds like every Liam Neeson like, movie ever, like every, that yeah, story's Bruce, been Bruce done. Bruce Willis would have started this in the early 2000s. For sure. For sure. Here's the thing. I'm going to watch any movie Jason Momoa is in, especially if it's on Netflix and it's just click, it's just one click it's away. Free, yeah. yeah. Boom, boom. Definitely in for that. And this is what we're here for here on streaming things. Um, also on Amazon that same week, the date is August the 20th, the same damn day. That's you get my birthday. a film. Mm-hmm. Is it really? Yeah. August 20th? Mine's August 27th. You guys my are gosh. A week apart. We're, we're weak bros. Weak bros. <laughs> you're going to get a film called, on your birthday, a film called Annette for free to stream as long as you're an Amazon Prime subscriber. And this movie is about a stand up comedian and his opera singer wife. And they have a two year old daughter with a surprising gift. What is the what gift? Is it? We don't know. Who's she going to give it does to? Does she sing opera too? It's a surprise. That might be her gift. Does she Does she sing Does she sing comedy? Like she's like, opera jokes. We don't know. It's going to be a surprise, whatever <laughs> it is. Watch that. But here's the thing. This movie stars Adam Driver and Marion Cotillard. Ooh, oh my God. That is, a, that is a cast right there. It's going to be amazing. I told you you guys got to pay attention this week. I am in love with her. And Good then, soup. I know. High key. High key. In you just told her. everyone on the interwebs. I'm shooting my shot. Marion. Yeah, Marion, we know you're a subscriber on <laughs> twitch.tv slash streaming things pod. I love you, says Andy. Yes. Uh, that same week, August 18th, dropping on Hulu. Actually, Andy got me hip to this, I think. It's a show called Nine Perfect Strangers. And it's about nine stressed city dwellers who visit a boutique. A boutique. That's really hard to say because I say booty typically. Mm. <laughs> a boutique. Nine stressed city dwellers visit a boutique health and wellness resort that promises healing and transformation. The resort's director is a woman on a mission to reinvigorate their tired minds and bodies. And the reason that I bring this up is that it stars Nicole Kidman, Regina Hall, mm. Michael Shannon, mm. Melissa McCarthy, mm. Samara Weaving. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it's probably going to be a banger. I feel like all of the limited series that Nicole Kidman does are like fire like fire yeah yeah she has a good eye for him yeah she definitely does her and reese witherspoon are really becoming like uh high-end they TV often are working together the decade. yeah indeed indeed uh and then lastly rem- uh, not lastly second to lastly on hbo on august 20th that's a good day for you steve oh, happy birthday to me what else we got more presents there's a movie coming out presents? called reminiscence starring oh, yeah. Hugh Jackman and Tandy Newton. Have you seen this? I have. So with co-creator, uh, written and directed by co-creator of Westworld, Lisa Joy. Did oh, she split okay. up with Jonathan Nolan? I Just as, as an aside. I never heard anything about that. Uh, she's going by Lisa Joy on. She I, went by Lisa Joy on. Is that just her professional? Like I'm too, keeping my for sure, name. So. Okay. So written and directed by Lisa Joy, who's a genius. A scientist discovers a way to relive your past and uses the technology to search for his long lost love. And I'm really excited to see Hugh Jackman uh, post 
Wolverine and something that's not the greatest showman. Uh, Tandy Newton always kills it. And then everything that Lisa Joy's ever done has always been very erudite and interesting and intricate. And I'm very excited to see yeah, those where are, that goes. Those are two actors that are always just a, an absolute pleasure to watch no matter what they're in. Indeed. Indeed. So that's everything coming down the stream until we record next time. Tune in for that. Keep your eyes peeled. You're welcome. Now moving on to our crossing stream segment. <laughs> Crossing Streams is the segment where each week we discuss the things that we've been streaming since last we met. Steve, I feel really guilty because you've got a very important job here on the show. Other than the ones and the twos and coming up with clever things to say and great content, your most important job. Andy, what do you think his most important job is? The sex. (laughs) That's number two. Other than the sex. It's to scream, you heard it here third during my explanation of what Check the Gate is, which I forgot to say. And uh, Steve's over there looking forlorn. That's I know okay. that's why he pressed the wrong button. He th- mm. I threw him off. He's like, but but they heard it here third, and now they don't know. They might, it might be fourth or fifth, and I've done a dessert. I'm sorry. It's I will find it within my heart to forgive you. Just somewhere in this show. Let's just start over. Randomly. <laughs> <laughs> just randomly shout, you heard it here third at some point. All right, I will. I'll, I'll keep you in suspense. You won't know when it's coming. Okay. I really expected you to do it immediately. Nope. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save it for later. <laughs> All right. Andy, what have you been streaming this week? Yeah, oh, I'm he not, didn't do I'm it not there. Doing this shit. You guys All are right. going to see it coming. Uh, first Falls off, in my court, baby. Happy Friday the 13th, you guys. Yeah. We don't record on Fridays very often. So did that was you exciting. watch Jason? I did. Yeah, you did. I watched Friday the 13th nice. today. And uh, God damn, man. That movie. So uh, Steve showed up in the last like 20 minutes of watching Friday the 13th. And he was telling me about his mom having gone to see it in theaters back when she was a kid. The movie came out in 1980. Mm. And uh, he said that she had nightmares for weeks afterward. And I'm sitting here watching it. And it is so campy by like today's <laughs> standards, man. It, that, that it is a comedy. It is not a horror sure. movie. And uh, I don't know. It, it's really fun, though. It's so bizarre to watch movies, especially horror movies from back in the late 70s early 80s because it's just done so much differently it's slow paced like if somebody's walking across the screen the camera is going to sit there until they exit the frame like then this movie is only like 90 minutes 95 minutes long i think if they cut like the way that people edit today that movie would have been like 25 minutes or something because so much (laughs) of it is just like and, and honestly used to great effect sometimes so much of it is just the potential for dread, you know, or yeah. dreading the potential of things that could happen. There's a really drawn out scene of a girl brushing her teeth and nothing happens to her. Was it directed by David Lowry? It was directed by <laughs> Sean S. Cunningham. But well, there's nothing you, you more scary, have... Andy, than poor dental hygiene. That's so. <laughs> or brushing too hard. You, br- you brush the enamel off. Yeah. Terrifying. No, what actually worked in that was she was brushing her teeth in the spot where a different character had just died maybe 10 minutes previously in the movie. And so it's like, oh, is the killer still there? Is he still there? Was he brushing his teeth post kill? Well, but the killer wasn't there. And I guess <laughs> the killer's name? Gingivitis. <laughs> Uh, and so I, I guess spoilers for a 41 year old movie, but so the movie stars, uh, wow, it's been that long. Yeah, dude. Isn't that terrible? Uh, first like off, you say that, like, I remember when I went to the theater 41 <laughs> years ago to see, well, I'm 32. So it's like, 
It was already 10 years old or so when I saw it because I saw it at three. No, I don't know. <laughs> Math. I grew up watching a bunch with my brother. He loved the shit out of this movie. He used to use the noise, all, you know, the iconic. <laughs> he did yeah. that all the time to try to freak me out. Um, and it worked. Uh, but so it stars uh, Betsy Palmer as uh, Mrs. Voorhees, who, again, spoilers for Friday the 13th. She's the killer, not Jason. Jason shows up very briefly at the end as a little dolphin burn victim yeah, boy yeah. that pops out of the water. To he grab drowned the in the river, but somehow that gave him four degree burns. <laughs> yeah, dude, he's super <laughs> fucked up looking, just like, <laughs> busting out of the water. Um, and it has a itty bitty baby Kevin, uh, Kevin Bacon. Tiny baby Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Baby, bacon? baby Bacon? Turkey Bacon. You and get to see Baby Bacon's butt. Yeah, we get Baby Bacon butt. <laughs> baby Bacon booty. Pork butt, if you will. The BBBs. Um, and, uh, dude, he's awesome in it. He's just running around in his Speedo, looking all Kevin Bacony, doing Kevin Bacon things. Um, he gets stabbed in the neck with an arrow. It's pretty sweet. From under the bed. Chekhov's arrow happening in this in this movie. Actually, a couple of people die from arrow wounds. Um, but yeah, Friday the 13th, I, I just woke up today and I was like, oh, yeah, it's Friday the 13th. You know what? Yeah, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to do it. So uh, that was a lot of fun. The other movie, uh, and I streamed that on Stars, by the way, Stars on Demand. It's like a channel that you can add to Apple TV, eight bucks a month or Don't something. Don't forget to unsubscribe. Anyway. I already did. That's okay. cool. Um, and so the other thing I watched was a uh, Shudder original. I, I watched two horror movies this week. Uh, it's called Anything for Jackson. It's directed by Justin G. Dick. Um, both directors, mm-hmm. including their middle initial and their professional names. Uh, Anything for Jackson was really good. So Shudder originals are really hit or miss. Um, a lot of times it's like a cool concept that just didn't have the budget or um, a bad concept that also didn't have the budget. And that's even better. That's, that's usually pretty much how Shutter Originals are. Uh, this one was actually pretty fucking solid. You know, um, it. So the basic conceit of the movie is that this elderly couple kidnap a young pregnant woman in order to uh, through a. Uh, occult deal with the devil type situation turn her unborn baby into their dead grandson and so they uh use like um rituals and stuff to uh try to summon a demon to go into this pregnant woman as you are to do which would then birth their grandson and obviously things go awry what could go wrong what could um but it has standard really effective horror set pieces you know you kind of go to these types of horror movies for that like it probably isn't going to be a great movie but there's going to be a thing or two that freaks me out let me just say there's another dental hygiene scene in this movie that fucked me it's a killer gingivitis he's out to get every one (laughs) of us fuck me up like this it's flossing is all i'll say and yeah i think the dance think hereditary but with the teeth Mm. Um, pretty intense, pretty intense stuff. But honestly, dude, it's probably the best Shutter original I've seen. It uh, had some really, really uh, thought-provoking horror moments, and uh, I live for that shit. Awesome, that's available on Shutter. You got to subscribe to that shit if you're a horror fan. It's actually uh, the I don't know how the originals are doing, but like Andy said, that's probably the best one. But the curation, as far as other horror flicks, is really strong on Shutter. Mm-hmm. It's strong with this one. Except Friday the 13th, I had to get fucking stars to watch that. Yeah. They had a documentary about Friday the 13th on there. One would have thought Shudder would have had that, baby. It was probably a tough, tough purchase to be able to stream that on this day. Yeah, that might be an expensive franchise to get the rights to. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, There's a shitload of them, so, you know. You streaming anything else this week, Andy? No, that's pretty much it. Steve, what have you been up to, my friend? I've been streaming a couple things. So, first off... uh, 
I was bored one night. I didn't really know mm-hmm. what to watch. I was kind of, it was before all the cool stuff released this week. This was around Monday. Uh, and a friend, a buddy of mine at work, he, he talks very highly of the show. Uh, I've never seen it before. And I'm like, oh, and I saw it was on Hulu. And, you know, I thought, you know what the hell? I'll give it a shot. I like a couple of the actors that are in this. It's I, pronounced Hulla, by the way. You guys keep bothering oh, me. Oh, sorry. Hulla. Oh, shit. Um, I never knew. Uh, so I started watching the show The League. Have, oh, yeah. And have you watched The League? Uh, somewhat. First couple episodes. Somewhat. It was, it was big back when we were, what, college? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the conceit is, like, it was very popular for a while. It is since it's no more. They don't they don't make any more episodes, uh, seasons as far as I know. Uh, but the conceit is it's a group of friends who are kind of, you know, they're sloven dudes that are kind of shitty and they get into hijinks. But all of the hijinks happen around their fantasy football league. They're very competitive. They take it very seriously. Uh, sometimes they're trying to sabotage each other. Other times it's just whatever weird adventures they're on while they're trying to do an auto draft or whatever, you know, and I'm not really a football person, but I do do fantasy football mainly. Really? Yes. You don't like football, but you like fantasy football. I like fantasy football because I can very much so like the show relate to the thought of wanting to fuck over my friends. Okay. And (laughs) I I got into fantasy football specifically a friend of the show, John, we actually called him on our Oscar episode. He's a huge uh, Colts fan. Like he was a huge Peyton Manning fan. Right. And 10 or so years ago, when we started our friends fantasy football league, I knew they were starting it. And I'm like, I want in because I was desperate to have the first pick or at least pick before John, Mm -hmm. just so I could pick Peyton Manning and ruin his day (laughs) and his whole season quarterback first. Yeah. It's the thing. I know I will never win because I lack the knowledge to know who any of these fucking people are, you know, or how to how to manage a football team. So I mainly go to troll people. And just, if I do happen to accidentally beat you, you're just like, I will <laughs> lord it over you for the rest of the year. And that's basically what the show is. Uh, if you don't know, the show is created by uh, Jeff Schaefer and Jackie Marcus Schaefer. And it's the stars, Schaefer's, the Schaefer's, mm. uh, it stars Mark Duplass, Jonathan, uh, Lougie. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, Steven Ramasizis. I really hope I'm pronouncing his name. Almost definitely not. Uh, Katie, um, <laughs> Ashton, I think is her name, and Paul Shear and Nick Kroll. I knew going into this, I'm a huge fan of Paul Shear and Nick Kroll. So um, this getting, put Paul Shear on the map. I'm pretty sure. Oh, for sure, yeah. Uh, he's um, obviously he's blown up within recent years. Obviously, he has a very successful podcast of his own. Don't don't download it. Stay here. Stay here. Ours is cool. <laughs> don't download yeah, it. Don't stay download in your lane, Paul Shear. <laughs> yeah, stay in your lane, Paul Shear. You stick to movies, sir. <laughs> I've been podcasting since 2011, and you have seen how sexful successful I have been. <laughs> sexful, sexful. Definitely Steve sexful. is the most <laughs> sexful person I've ever met. He it's can a- get it. I can get it, baby. Uh, it is an interesting show to watch, especially because uh, like it came out what in the mid aughts mm-hmm. originally, and so watching the first season. The first season is surprisingly only six episodes long, mm-hmm. and watching the first season, it is so funny to see what jokes were okay to write back then. Because like, yeah. like I'm watching and I'm like I'm laughing, but it, uh, this will never be this would never be greenlit today. <laughs> I'm laughing, but I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm not going to tell you what jokes I laughed at, but I laughed at some pretty raunchy jokes that probably shouldn't have been laughed at uh but no it's it was a fun time um i, I don't know if i'll f- see it through just because i don't know how much of a, a fantasy football show how, how much legs it has with me but we'll see mm-hmm. i'm on this adventure we'll see how it goes the other thing i've been watching was something that i did not know about until you know purpose of the show chris told me about it last on last week's coming down the stream oh i forgot what i mentioned 
I watched. <gasps> it is also on Hulu. I know what you watched. It is Reservation Dogs, mm-hmm. uh, created by. Uh, I really need to write better when I write my notes. Sterling <laughs> Harjo and Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a show about a couple Native American kids. They're like teenagers. There's four of them, um, and what they do is they're kind of doing small petty crimes in their hometown with the hopes of raising money so that they can leave their small town and go to California where it's cool, you know, yeah, much better than where we're at. Uh, and it's, it's really funny. It's got that, you know, you know, you hear Taika Waititi, there's going to be some funny little quirks to some of the characters. There's, there are two characters specifically, uh, named, Moss and Miko, and they're just two. I think they're identical twins, but they all have like long hair. And like, are those the rappers? Yeah, the rapper brothers, and they just come like, hey, hey, Res Dogs, we you got beef with that gang down the street? Yeah, we told him you were the king of this, and they're like, guys, stop, don't tell them that. <laughs> but it, it opened the show opens up with them robbing a flaming hot Cheetos truck, which is really really funny awesome. because, like, obviously the the visual of a bunch of teenagers trying to steal a flaming hot Cheetos truck, but also they're like, put your seatbelt on. Like, I, I I'm not putting on my seat belt on that doesn't look badass you can't rob a you can't steal a car and put on a seatbelt it's like yeah but it's safety uh it's really really good i I quite enjoy it um the best part is um uh, towards the middle the main character he's having sort of like a uh uh, crisis of faith moment where he he doesn't understand like well maybe what we're doing isn't right you know maybe we shouldn't instead of instead of uh, robbing from all the people in our town, maybe we should like do good and try to like stop this other gang from doing the same thing. And he has this, um, this vision, like he gets knocked out by paintballs and he has this vision where like one of his quote unquote ancestors comes riding in on a horse and he's like, Oh, are you, are you, uh, he's, he's naming all these famous native Americans. And he's like, no, I wish those guys are pretty cool. Huh? No, I'm William runs knives. Uh, (laughs) I, I was at the Battle of Wounded Knee. I saw Custard. I saw that blonde motherfucker, and I was going to get him. But then my horse tripped and fell, and it crushed me, and I died right there. It was this little bastard right here, and he like points to his horse. And yeah, like, that exchange was hilarious. It, it's it's really really funny, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. There's like a nice mystery about one of their friends that's no longer with them. I'm interested to see where it goes. So far, it's really good. So that's on Hulu. It's Reservation Dogs. I highly recommend it. So check it out. And that is all I have been streaming. Spoiler alert. I watched it as well. I think Andy's going to like it even more than us. You should really check it out. It's got that quirky humor where you're like, I don't know if that's supposed to be funny, but it's super funny. Okay. Um, And you really dig this, that kind of stuff. But Taika Waititi has this way of making the sentimental very sneaky. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just like offbeat, kind of goofy, almost like that Canadian show Letter Kenny. And then the sentimentality creeps in and I'll, I'm moved to be a better person out of nowhere. You know, kind of thing. It's like, oh, okay. Very intriguing. So definitely check out Reservoir Do- uh, Reservation Dogs. And the similarity to the title Reservoir Dogs is very intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, and you heard it here, sir. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> got him. Also, it's got that creepy guy who's in uh, Jurassic World is like a operator of a ride. And he was also uh, the... Oh, the Cheeto eater and stra- Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Um, he's getting weirder. He, he ran the VHS looking. store too, right? Oh, the, the, one the, that, the meth head guy? The gangly, yeah. The yeah. gangly looking dude. He's got the pool cue. Yes. Yeah. He's always super creepy. Uh, he's he's pops up out of nowhere in the show. Just same kind of vibe. What's up? You know, like, it's like, damn, you're, you're really typecast in the worst possible <laughs> way. Yeah. What is his name? Maddie? Marty? Uh, Maddie Cotteropel. I want to see. Carter Ripple. Yeah, Matty oh, Carter yeah, Ripple. That guy. Never going to get any kind of different part. Like, he's definitely not going to be James Bond. What's your top five movies? I can't remember yeah. what he says at the end, but it's so funny. 
play to your strengths. Oh, Star Wars for sure or something. So I watched, other than Reservation Dogs, I watched a few things. Um, I watched a new documentary that debuted this week on Amazon. So it's, if you got Amazon Prime, it's free to watch. It's called Val. Have you guys heard about this? Yeah, dude. Val, Val Kilmer has Val been Kilmer? recording things his whole life, apparently. So yeah. Tons of like. It's the Val Kilmer the footage. documentary from him. Exactly what Andy said. So he's been carrying around a camcorder since way before it was cool. Um, and, and for the most of this, it's actual film. So that's pretty impressive that he had the the wherewithal and the willingness to just constantly do that. But yeah, for it's real. really fascinating. If you're a fan, are you guys, would you consider yourself subs fans of Val Kilmer? I like Val Kilmer. Yeah. yeah I like him. So when I was a kid, he was probably my favorite actor, which is something I don't talk oh, about wow. much. So you um, love Batman forever. I did actually. I do. Um, I haven't watched it in a while, but I definitely didn't mind uh, the, the nipples on Batman or any of that. Um, but there's Batman some, and Robin. there's some, yeah. Is that the one with George Clooney? Yeah. Mm. You know, I always just picture Batman with nipples. I mean, why wouldn't as you? As much as you heard it here third. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but a tombstone was the big one. I had it on VHS and I just watched it over and over and over. And it was something that my dad would allow, even though we only had one TV, just because he really loved Westerns. Like, I don't know if your dad was like this, but I had the kind of dad. Your probably was because they were both around the same age. Like I would always find my dad like eating fucking Vienna sausages or sardines or something weird watching like this late forties, terrible looking Western show Mm -hmm. with just like a wagon real grainy across the plane. (laughs) Just super intrigued by it. Like, fuck yeah. Vienna sausages too, dude. You nailed it. Yeah. That was my dad. So I'd, I'd put on tombstone, like, please, for the love of God, some production value. And uh, I'll be your Huckleberry. I just loved it. But, but any there's some really fascinating stuff in this documentary. Like, I wasn't aware that he absolutely hated playing Batman. Um, so that there was like some politics around that that I wasn't aware of. And apparently that suit was extremely uncomfortable. And oh, I he, bet. He, there's even an interview with Nicole Kidman, like poor Val, because he couldn't really move in it at all. And he's he's really into the art of acting, which, of course, he is. Right. He's an actor. But, you know, the type where they're like there's certain ones are obsessed with their performance and how they're doing. And he went to Juilliard. And so he's like, I was so excited to be Batman. And it's like uh, the biggest thing you can get in Hollywood. And then I get in the fucking suit. I can't hear anything. I can't move. I can hardly breathe. And so all I can really do is stand there. And he's like, count how many times I put my hands on my hips in that movie. And then it cuts to this montage of him putting his hands on his hips. He's like, cause that's basically the only movement that I could perform. And I get to watch Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey just going all out with their roles. I was so jealous and so upset. And so when they asked me to come back and do it again, cause it was critically mixed, but a huge success financially, it made like 190 million, which back then, Oh damn. yeah, that's, that's still um, pretty good for now. So they asked him return and he turned it down. Uh, and that he, he claims that that kind of gave Hollywood a bad taste in their mouths and kind of hurt him for the rest of his career. But anyway, uh, I'm sure you guys know that he had throat cancer and he can hardly talk now. And so every now and then it cuts to uh, Val Kilmer as he is today. And he's trying to do the interview and he has to like plug his air hole to even make words at all. Um, and it, it's very heartwarming and encouraging because he's actually a really spiritual person. Um, and he's very grateful for his life and grateful that he's alive. Um, but it's very sad for me, for the hero that he's been for me my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really neat. His son, uh, I think his name's Jack. 
his son does the voiceover and he sounds a lot like a young Val Kilmer. And so uh, the voiceover is his son narrating and uh, it's just really neat. So oh, that's I, cool. I really recommend you check out Val. It's free to stream. And it, if you're into What's behind the on? scenes, it's on Amazon. Amazon. So if you're into behind the scenes filmmaking or a fan of Val Kilmer's or just a fan of documentaries, it should check all the boxes for you. And then finally, I'm going to go way back. I know I'm way behind. It's a little embarrassing almost. Um, so I, I've told I've talked about many times how big of a fan of like World War Two and World War One my son is. And so I started watching Band of Brothers on HBO. OK. And before you ask, not with my eight year old son, because he's already watched it. <laughs> <laughs> he watched it in its entirety and Pacific, which is apparently like a Steven Spielberg follow up mm -hmm. with his grandpa. Uh, but he recommended I check it out. And so <laughs> I've been, are you getting streaming things advice from your, your yeah, kid now? Yeah. And Yo, if, Pops, you would love this. Have you guys watched Band like of Brothers? They, um, and they, uh, a gun <laughs> and um, a tank. He's older than that now. He's like, yeah, Tom Hardy's in episode eight. Uh, <laughs> yes, I've watched Band of Brothers. It's Steve, have you? Fantastic. Uh, it's been a long time, but yeah, I've seen, I don't even know if I've seen all of it, but I've definitely seen some. So of it's it. a 2001 production on HBO, a limited series. Um, but damn, is it good, man? It's got so many stars, some of them before they were stars. And that's, it's like Andy, how, how much fun he has watching Doctor Who. And like he plays this game of take a shot every time a Game of Thrones character pops up. Um, it's but the best. There's it, so many. <laughs> there's so many people I've seen from other things because I watched everything else since this came out. And to see them looking like babies in this movie is fascinating. Who was uh, the one that surprised? you most uh i don't know i would have to say ron livingston the okay, guy from yeah. office space yeah <laughs> in a very serious like huge role in this film I'm like what the fuck and he's doing really well <laughs> the friends guy that one that was pretty weird and i probably uh, david schwimmer david yeah but yeah. he actually the friends guy yeah, the friends guy name his name my wife walked by and she's like that is fucking weird ross is playing <laughs> this like lieutenant in world war ii but he's a very like cowardly asshole inept so he's soldier ross. Exactly. So it's actually perfectly cast. Uh, I tried to explain that to her, but she walked away. But some of these guys I probably know from weird things. Like, do you guys know who Damian Lewis is? Yeah. Fuck yeah. So he's probably famous for other reasons. But the only thing the I Americans is his biggest thing right now. Right. That show. Yeah. Just I don't watch it. So the only thing that <laughs> I recognize him from is a terrible Stephen King adaptation that no one likes called Dreamcatcher. Oh Dude, you, yeah, Dreamcatcher. Yeah, Dreamcatcher. <laughs> it's Scott horribly. Lee it's got it. Jason Lee, and for some reason, I really like that movie. And Damon Damian Lewis is incredible in it. Um, but it's I know it has Tom Hardy in it. He hasn't popped up yet. I know it's got Michael Fassbender in it. He hasn't popped yet. Update. I'm only on like episode five. Um, it's got Donnie Wahlberg. Oh, Donnie. But I was really Danny. shocked to see uh, James McAvoy. Oh, it was Homeland. I'm sorry. It wasn't the other one. that I, I didn't know uh, James McAvoy was in it. Yeah, little baby Jamie. Um, oh, Fassbender's in it, too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And do you know Tom Hardy and Michael Fassbender went to uh, acting school together in, like, London or something? Would not surprise me. Like, they me. were both complete unknowns in the same class. So oh, that's pretty cool. I, I imagine they walk by each other at the Oscars and just kind of fist bump, like, we made it. We made it, bro. <laughs> bro. We did. Um, but anyway, that's Band of Brothers available to stream on HBO. I know I'm the last one on Earth to watch it. I've got an even bigger blind spot that's going to be really embarrassing. I thought you'd already seen it. I, I thought you had talked about it. I watched the episode. first episode and then just kind of never went back. Uh, okay. And I made a huge mistake because it that's a, like an hour and 15 minute, like, boot camp prologue to absolute beautifully shot chaos later on mm -hmm. and i never like episode two and they jump out of the planes and they drop in on d-day it's just complete light years different right um but i was like eh, i mean that's pretty neat like the politics of the platoon but uh i don't like <laughs> watching jarhead that first at first episode because jarhead is just like 
the monotony of war. And that's a, lo- a lot of what the first episode is. It's yeah. just like sitting around. But anyway, definitely check that out. If you're, you like me are, uh, are very stupid and don't take recommendations on one of the best shows of all time, but that's it. That's all I've been streaming this week. That brings us to our main event, our discussion of the first episode of Disney's new show. What if question mark. time. Reality. Reality. It's changeable. Where you want to be? <laughs> what if? <laughs> Dropped on Disney Plus, I think last Wednesday, took the world by storm. Everybody's been excited for one of the biggest, uh, probably one of the most unique forays into phase four that Disney's Marvel has done. Um, and I was kind of lukewarm on it. Like I'm definitely going to check it out, but didn't know too much about it. So this is a, a comic series um, that's very old. It goes back to um, I think the seventies is when they started oh, really? doing this stuff. I'm pretty sure. Um, but it's a show. It's an anthology show. So every episode's different and exploring pivotal moments from the Marvel cinematic universe. So it's the MCU's take on what the comics did and turning them on their head, leading the audience into uncharted territory. Um, so essentially what they have the opportunity to do is use all of this like alternate timeline, alternate universe, uh, universe, univore is like a really crazy little known dinosaur. Yeah. Mm. The univore has got one leg. He has a college degree. (laughs) (laughs) A univore. Um, and he's a big Harry Potter fan. Um, so, you know, like it takes place with, uh, Jeffrey Wright as the watcher. Uh, or a watcher called Uatu. So the watchers are this like, there's like seven or eight, and I'm going to do a terrible job of explaining what this Marvel shit is, but the watchers are like a handful of these galactic voyeurs, if you will, that are (laughs) immortal. Yeah. And they can gaze upon all these different timelines and happenstances and places in the universe. They were actually featured for a moment uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Stan Lee was up there with the big squishy yeah. head guys. Oh, yeah. Those are the watchers. But this particular watcher is Uatu and it's voiced by Jeffrey Wright. So Jeffrey Wright's narrating the entire anthology. Um, and anyway, the first episode is about Peggy Carter. And the, it asks the question, what if Peggy Carter became a super soldier instead of Steve Rogers? But also some other things happened for the first time as well in that episode. So what if Peggy Carter was the super soldier instead of Steve Rogers. So anyway, you guys both watched it. We'll do some overall thoughts real quick. Andy, what did you think that, of what if? I was surprised by how much I liked it. Um, I, I've had this conversation with you guys many times. I don't tend to uh, Not a big animation guy. animated stuff. Yeah, just, sure. you know, it, I would have been super down if it, if it was a live action thing. So finding out that it was animated, I was like, eh. Like, I'm going to watch it when, when I have to for the show. But like... <laughs> You know, I, I like the Marvel stuff. I, I don't. I'm not a diehard fan. I haven't seen all the movies. I've seen most of them, but not all of them. Uh, but I I really like the idea of when I found out the first one was a Peggy Carter one. Like, oh, okay, a super a female super soldier in the 40s. That would actually be super interesting. I hope they lean into that, and they did. And it was actually pretty badass. Like this kind of like uh, women empowerment story, but also like comic book ass. Uh, also, the animation was fantastic. Very unique. Um, I thought it was really well done and like the voice acting was great. A lot of it was the original cast. Um, I don't know much about animation. I don't know how they did that. Like it's almost like the lighting of it's kind of rotoscoped almost. mm -hmm. I mean, it's not rotoscope, but it it, it looks like they almost filmed it 
drew over it. I just thought they made some interesting choices there. But yeah, it was definitely uh, visually appealing. Yes, yes, very much so. It, it was not a Star Wars Rebels mm-hmm. animation for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the, some of the characters didn't quite look like themselves is the only thing I'll say. Like, oh, that's Bucky. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, but that's okay. Once you know who they are, you know who they are. It's just you try to ignore the niggling part in the back of your head that's saying, that's not what he looks like. But um, <laughs> yeah, he's not I, a cartoon. I had, a, I, had, I had a lot of fun with it. Awesome. Steve, what did you think of What If? Uh, this first episode I thought was okay. Uh, I like the idea. The premise is really great. I like the idea of Peggy Carter getting the super serum. I love that she is the main character and she gets to have fun with that role. The The only thing that keeps me from being like, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it was like this, this episode was basically just like a 40 minute version of Captain America, the first Avenger. It follows the same exact plot beats, but mm-hmm. with Peggy Carter, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it's also like, I kind of wanted them to go a little bit further with it overall. Um, and then the things that were very, very different were very like, okay, I didn't understand. I don't really understand what's happening there, but whatever. Um, and then there's a character, um, Bradley Whitford's character that uh, I was just kind of like, why is this guy? Oh, the general. Yeah, why is this guy here? Like, I don't, like he was just more annoying than anything. But he was there to be a misogynist. Yep. Yeah, no, exactly. But it was one of those things where I, 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 he wasn't. I guess they couldn't get Tommy Lee Jones and didn't have like that character. Tommy it's, Lee Jones' character was drawn but had no lines. Yeah, it's it's really hmm. weird, like how it follows the same plot beats and like they even like use shot for shot. And, yeah. And sometimes some it's movies. a storyboard recreation. Yeah. Yeah. And, but then other times they go like really, they just make odd choices. That's like, okay, well I wish you would lean more into the odd choices so much than the, the retread as it were. It's been way too long since I've seen Captain America first Avenger. So I have no clue how much of that was pulled from that plot. And to be, to be honest, and this may be controversial, but Captain America, the first Avenger is one of my least favorite Marvel films. Like I like it. it I like it less than Thor, the first Thor movie. Really? Wow. Which I know is like, like I actually really like the first Thor movie, which I'm in like the minority on that one. But I just, uh, who, uh, who, who directs that movie? The Captain America, first Avenger. I hate that director. Um, I don't know. He also yeah, directed Wolfman and Rocketeer. Oh, he did Rocketeer? Yeah. Ooh. Of course he did Rocketeer. Like he peaked with Rocketeer, but everything he's made since then is just garbage. Um, but I just don't like the way that movie's paced. So like, this was not like the one where I'm like, oh yeah, I love Captain America, First Avenger. I love Captain America. Joe I love Steve Johnston. Rogers. Yeah, Joe Johnston. I, uh, yeah, what a directed, stupid double first name. He also dra- uh, directed Jurassic Park 3. It's so the best one. Uh, yeah, that is the best one. What? <laughs> what? Uh, and Raiders of the Lost Ark. I he did not that. direct Raiders of the Lost Ark. It was Steven Spielberg. It says, well, it says known for. So I, I mean, like he worked on it. Oh yeah, well he's he's a Spielberg he was guy. A PA. Oh, he was just like a here's your coffee, Mister Spielberg. He's one of the he's one of the directors that kind of has a job because Spielberg's like, yeah, Joe's pretty cool. Like he was a special effects dude for a while, I think. He's got eighteen director credits. Hidalgo, remember that? Isn't that a Vigo yeah, Mortensen? That is, yeah, Vigo. that was the follow up to Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> he did direct the Adventures of Young Indiana Jones Spring Break Adventure. <laughs> what? I swear to God. What? That's not nearly as cool as Raiders of the Outlaws. I know I just spent the last five minutes shitting on this guy, but I have to see that. He directed the live action sequences in The Page Master. He directed oh, Honey, cool. I Shrunk the Kids. And he directed fucking Jumanji. Okay. Well, and October Sky. He's got two winners in there. You don't like Jumanji? Uh, well, Jumanji was one, one of the winners. two. Yeah. What about you don't like October Sky? Isn't that young Jake Gyllenhaal? It is. 
I have, honestly, I've shooting the rocket. That. Is that the rocket movie we watched in school all the time? I think so. Yeah, yeah. It is, yeah. It's substitute, but Page Master's the other winner on that, right? I think it somebody recently I told. Remember, I, I saw a TikTok where it said it doesn't hold up, but oh, I'm gonna have to check that out for that myself. Person. Yeah, fuck that, Christopher <laughs> Lloyd, till I die, baby. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt you with all that nonsense. Steve. No, you're so, fine. What do you, what you, do you were, think about it? I, I was with you until I did some digging as far as like Easter eggs and stuff like that. So I kind of cheated, but I definitely felt watching it because I watched it with my son. He was intrigued by it. Like, hey, the animation's great. I like the action set pieces. I wish it was for a little bit of an older audience so that they could really dig into some of this action. Yeah. I think it's like a step down from the level of adulthood they expect to watch the movies, even. And I would like that to step up. Like, that's why I like Suicide Squad so much. Like, damn, wouldn't rated R Avengers be badass? Um, <laughs> so that I'm like, eh, okay, I'm in though. Um, but I think that that's the point. Like, this the sort of like sneaky storyboard recreation. This is for diehard fans of the MCU to, so I think some of the more recent movies or some of the more, uh, the bigger storylines that you're really into are going to tickle you pink. Do you know what I mean? Sure. When they, when they start to do that, but deviate slightly and, and kind of explore the ramifications of a slight choice. Yeah. Like um, I would have loved to have seen Peggy Carter as uh captain Carter, but in like the seventies, you know, that, that interim period where she's running shield basically like that would have been, I would have loved to have seen that. Well, they've intimated that there's going to be another captain Carter episode. It might be in season two. And so, um, so at the end of this episode, we get her coming through into the project Pegasus room, um, where Loki comes through the portal at. So this is presumably like a day or two, or maybe even an hour or two. Are before we doing spoilers? Uh, yeah, I feel, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's cool. It's cool. I mean, we, we just have to we'll just hit the spoiler bumper. Let's do it. Oh, okay. my bay. All right, here we go. <laughs> you heard it here. Third. <laughs> Soup to nuts. Bullshit. All right, now we're in spoilers. Now we're in spoilers, even though we spoiled a little bit there. Yeah, all it was was the ending. So, <laughs> <laughs> so at the end, the end, Peggy Carter comes flying through the portal. Uh, and, you know, Loki's supposed to come through that same spot. And uh, Sebastian, is it? No, it's uh, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Hawkeye and um, Nick Fury are standing there waiting on her. Actually played by Samuel L. Jackson and... Um, Jeremy Renner. That one yeah. looked like Jeremy Renner. Yeah, they did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the most of the voice most of the cast came back. I think the only one of note that didn't was Steve Chris, Rogers and Chris Evans. Chris Evans, yeah. yeah. And the guy that did the Steve Rogers voicing uh, did really like well. Him. Yeah, he well, did Red great. Skull is not Hugo Weaving. Yeah, it's the guy who played Red Skull in Infinity War. Yeah, which is fascinating. Oh, that wasn't Hugo Weaving. No, Hugo I know he Weaving, did a great job. Yeah. Hugo Weaving famously does not want anything to do with Marvel movies. He does ever not again. fucks with it. No, wow. um, that Red Skull makeup made him break out. It's a huge okay. thing. He couldn't get rid of the acne for years. I made all of that up. That's not check the gate <laughs> segments. You heard it here third. Uh, but anyway, I think it's neat that we might get a continuation of that. Um, not the seventies, but Captain Carter in modern times. Yeah. Um, but watching some of these Easter eggs and stuff, trying to figure, uh, watching it a second time, trying to figure more things out. That's when I dug into um, the watchers and who they were. Um, that saw some of the storyboarding shots. Like when at, at one point, this like Mercedes with the Hydra emblem, drives up and it zooms in on the the octopus emblem of the car. That's a shot for shot recreation of the live action version. Oh, really? Um, and when she lays down into like the, the tube to become the super soldier, that's a shot for shot recreation. Like when it cuts and zooms in on the vials and draining the blue stuff into her, um, that's exactly what it looked like going into Steve Rogers in the live action version. Even that entire room um, is recreated perfectly with all the same characters except because she says i'll just stay here when he says go up to the observation room that's the where it deviated because mm -hmm. in the film she's like oh okay and she walks upstairs 
uh, and everyone else follows. But because she stayed in the room, the terrorist from Hydra also stayed in the room. And so the bomb's closer. So it kills the scientist. Whereas in the movie, he had to shoot the scientist, blah, 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 blah. So it's just like, hey, this slight change in things changes everything. And it's kind of like a butterfly effect. Mm -hmm. Uh, So do we know whether or not like episode two, is it going to continue this butterfly effect? No, they're all each one's different. They're all completely standalone. Gotcha. Absolutely. That's um, a bummer. I would like to see modern day Captain Carter. Well, you will, but I think it's in season two of What If, okay. if it's not at the very end of this season. Um, at least that's what people, uh, leakers have intimated. Um, she got a slightly altered theme music, so it's kind of like Captain America's theme music, but Captain Mark, Captain Carter's a little different. A little more British. I dug the <laughs> Union Jack symbol uh, yeah. on her shield. I do have to say the, the, the action, the fight scene she has is like, great yeah it's, it's so cool like it's I, awesome with the shield some of my favorite parts of marvel movies or tv shows are like anybody who's throwing that fucking shield around and like the the interesting ways yeah, like a lot of people get to sling that shield mm-hmm. yeah what my favorite shot of this whole thing was there's a shot it's at night it's when she jumps the 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 german caravan like right outside of berlin and it's a shot of like the front of a jeep and so the headlights are going right into the camera and she's like going back and forth yep. like the shot's pretty stationary but she's yeah. like going to the left and right side of the of the truck just beating beating motherfuckers beating and- <laughs> just beating them off no no right in front of the truck no they deserved it they did not see that coming hey Hydra. um <laughs> They did uh, not not see that coming. Yeah, not you heard it either. That's my last one. My Dude, favorite. If you uh, say it one more time, you're going to summon <laughs> Candyman. <laughs> yeah, my favorite action set piece in the show was uh, when she's with uh, poor man's Iron Man. The oh, hyd- for sure. The Hydra yeah. Stomper up in the air, and they do that wonder of her launching from the sky oh, off of him. Dope through the cockpit of the plane then all the way through the plane to the back and then out the top of it and then off. Like that was really well done. Um, Although one of those planes, she like destroyed the propeller and then reached in and knocked the guy out. It's like, Oh, he's dead. (laughs) That shit's crashing. Just leave. He's fine. (laughs) Right. There's definitely, they don't have like ejection modules back then. I don't think that was interesting though. Like part of the, what if is that because uh, Peggy Carter became captain Carter, then Howard Stark decided to do an Iron Man type suit for Steve Rogers. So, Therefore, Howard Stark created, they got the um, Tesseract. Yeah. So he was able to use that. They didn't have any way to power Mm. a suit like Iron Man. And so therefore, yeah, Howard Stark was able to create Iron Man. But Tony figured it out. 50 years before Tony. Oh, yeah. You see, in a cave. Tony Stark (laughs) built this in a cave. (laughs) With scraps. (laughs) (laughs) Howard Stark built this in 1950. With a cube. (laughs) With an ice cube. From space. Um, Oh, Miss Penny. Calm down. She does not like Jeff Bridges. (laughs) But she loves Captain Carter. We both went oppo on that one. Um, And there's also a funny, so there's a lot of like dad jokes, references to, that's why you have to be really familiar with the property that they're kind of veering off of. Um, Like the part where they're on uh, in the ice mountain and Captain Carter saves Bucky. So in the film, Bucky falls to his assumed death in that part oh. but he's actually not dead we all know but in this one captain carter sit, grabs him by the arm yanks him up and he goes ah you almost ripped my arm off yeah <laughs> super dad, dad dad jokeish. <laughs> get it because i don't have an arm later on um, so does he lose his arm in that sequence no no he doesn't no. but okay. instead of bucky accidentally fake dying it's steve rogers that fake dies in the iron man suit and he's not dead either we all know he's just captured by hydra um yeah Anywho, I thought it was pretty neat. I, I felt pretty stupid in that sequence because they they 
they quote unquote kill Steve Rogers and then they show up and Hugo Weaving has the cube. And I remember thinking like, wait, wait, when did they get that? When did they get the test right? I don't fucking understand this. And then they save Steve Rogers and it took me way too long. To be like, Oh, that was in the Iron Man suit. Oh <laughs> shit. I'm dumb. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't the most explained thing. Again, it's for diehard fans. Um, a lot of cool stuff in it. though, like the, the octopus. I love when she grabbed the sword and she basically just looked like yeah. a knight, like yeah. with the union Jack and the sword and the shield. It's like, oh, cause that's ass. a callback to what is the British? Is it captain Britain? Is that there the, is a captain Britain, but does, it's does, not, it's not Carter. Right. But don't, doesn't he have a sword and shield? I don't know. Okay. Maybe, I'm, maybe I'm misremembering that. I hope he does. Cause that's goddamn English. Cause, cause like the, sh- the shield's cool in of itself. But if you add a sweet broadsword like that, that's very British. Yeah. That was badass. Yeah. I hope you don't mind if I go out speaking the Kings. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Um, <laughs> God damn it! I uh, I was very confused by the we're going to by open a portal Captain. to Cthulhu or whatever the hell. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about that a little bit. So it's it might uh, I watched some uh, some nerds talk about this. It might be an obelisk, which I believe we see them fight in Guardians, uh, but it could also be what is called the mini angled one of the mini angled ones. It's called mini angled ones, which is kind of a Lovecraftian creature from some of the more obscure Marvel comics. They're just an interdimensional being um, like the quantum realm or that space between universes that Dr. Strange sometimes journeys off into um, the many angled ones reside there. And so that might be also what it was, um, but it was neat. I just, I, I, it was neat, but I'm much I, I, more excited for future episodes. I think Steve's right yeah. in, in, in saying that are, do you guys have any sense of, cause I got some things written down here from both the comics and things people know about casting. Um, I got a few ideas that they might explore this season. That I think are neat. You guys ready to hear those? I think Lay them on me, baby. you know, some of them, Steve talked yeah. about uh, T'Challa as star Lord instead of black Panther. That's definitely one that they're, that they're doing. And uh, I'm very Chris, excited for Chris that. Pratt as black Panther would have been super fun. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not the way to go. I think they made the right choice there. Sure. What if uh, <laughs> he got fired? Bill, what do you got? What if? What if? And I'm just spitballing here. Wonder Woman was a man. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Guys, am I right? Um, but So we got Marvel Zombies. Have you guys heard of this one? Yes. So that's something that they're going to do. That's from the trailer. Um, that's I, a popular comic franchise. It's like a, the year is what, 2149 or something. And all of the Avengers have been struck with what they call the hunger. So they're pretty similar in personality to how they are now, except that they're zombies and they, they crave human flesh. Mm. Um, so that's an idea that they're going to explore. It sounds ridiculous, but it sounds fun. I, um, I always thought it was interesting how they wrote that because you're right. They do kind of write the, the characters still have their like kind of agency and to an extent their moral compass but they're driven by this like they can't help but not consume like spider-man can't help but consume mary jane uh or oh yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so there's like this like oh man i feel bad that i ate her but uh, zombie gonna zombie (laughs) zombies gonna zombie uh there's also an episode potentially about howard the duck Okay. Voiced, by, yeah. voiced by Seth Green. Is uh, Leah Thompson going to be in it? I don't know. Apparently, Howard the Duck, I was reading this article, was in Endgame? Uh, yeah. I don't it was recall that. After credits. Oh, was it the Stinger? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, there's also the uh, alternate Spider Man. So that explores the idea that someone else other than Peter Parker got bit with the uh, radioactive spider. Or Gwen Stacy. No. Miles Morales. It's, it's, it's like Flash Thompson. 
Oh, that dude? And he becomes... Oh, interesting. And what's interesting about it is... That's so, his bully. That's Spider-Man's bully in high school. Yes. So three people get bit instead of Peter Parker. One is Flash Thompson. And this is in the comic version of What If. And then Flash Thompson like goes to the wrestle match, but he's an asshole and he wants to like uh, show off his powers too much and he ends up accidentally killing somebody. Um, and then there's one where... Um, who's uh, J.K. Simmons' character? J. Jonah Jameson. Yes. So his son... Something Jameson, Kyle will say, Chad. Chad. Chad Jameson gets bit with a spider. The uh, and he becomes like Spider Jameson or something lame. Uh, he causes a bunch of ruckus and gets killed by Vulture. Uh, and it's stuff like that. And so the whole, that story arc is about how it, it's not the spider that made him Spider-Man. Like it, it had to be Peter Parker. It's the man that made his, him Spider-Man. Yeah, his particular morality and, and, and way of being that makes the hero. Not just anybody with powers can be a hero. Um, so that's neat. I would like to see something like that be done. Um, also, there's a, a storyline. So Wolverine was not originally an X-Man. It was actually like a side character in a Hulk series. And he fights the Hulk. Um, and so they fight to kind of like a standoff. Because Wolverine, you wouldn't think would be able to stand up to Hulk, but he's almost pretty invincible. Too. Yeah, he's, mm-hmm. he's practically immortal. So this what if Wolverine killed Hulk? was a what if story at one point. So I would, I would like to see that just because I'm such a huge Wolverine fan. Will they go that dark? I would love it, but I wish they how would. could they like, I've, I've seen some what if could. thing with Spider-Man where like Sandman kills Peter Parker and it's super fucked up. Like he condenses into sand and shoots into his mouth and his belly gets all distended. And then he just explodes out of him. Like it's nuts. They've gone some crazy places and I would love to see that in this show. But it's that's probably not coming. Not coming on Disney Plus. <laughs> I'm actually surprised that they're doing the zombie, the Marvel yeah, zombie. Same. Thing. That's what I was saying. I was going to suggest the zombie stuff gives me hope, but they might do it in like a Teen Titans way, like num num num. Yeah, <laughs> bodies taste like pancakes. They don't actually ever eat anybody. It's like, yeah. Oh no, this gross looking Captain America. So is hungry. After me. Yeah. Maybe. Um, well, America. Prove hungry. us wrong, Disney. Um, there's. There's a, there's a what if story I would like to mm. see called uh, about how Magneto rules all the X-Men. Like essentially if he had won that battle, uh, you can tell I'm a huge X-Men fan, but Magneto I, hungry? I, would, yeah, I think he's hungry as hungry. well. In this. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, uh, there's one about Ileana Rasputin, which the new mutants was a pretty bad movie, but you guys know how much I love Anya Taylor joy, which one's Ileana Rasputin. Anya Taylor Joy. Oh, okay. I think it's Anya. I've Anya ne- Taylor Joy. I never saw that movie, so I don't. Yeah, so she is a really badass character. Um, she's got magical abilities uh, similar to that of like Scarlet Witch and Doctor I forgot Strange. that movie came out. Wasn't it like really bad? And so they kind of just were like, honestly, it's not. It's out. It's out. It's I not. Th- I think it was more of a. It, it, it was finished when Fox and Disney that sale was made or something. And mm. so like Disney didn't really want to promote it at all. So they just kind of released it eventually. It's not great, but it's not like, what am I thinking of? What's terrible? It's not like X-Men apocalypse bad or anything like that. It's very watchable, especially because of the cast. Again, some of the characters are bad, but, but Annie Taylor joy did a really good job. I like Ileana Rasputin. Her superhero name is magic with a K but she can summon a soul sword. Like when Duh. she gets really mad, it's like this ephemeral sword that she fights with. I wasn't familiar with her character from the comics at all. So I'm watching this movie with Anya Taylor-Joy with a sword and I'm like, fuck yeah, right? So there is a what if story <laughs> where instead of her following that path and being like this orphaned kind of almost villain character that joins the new mutants later, she gets hooked up with uh, Stephen Strange. And he trains her and she has like a soul staff instead of a soul store. And she's essentially 
uh, going to be the next Sorcerer Supreme, essentially. And she Ooh. runs around with him. So cool. I, I, I would like to see that story. I doubt it's coming, but that's one of the more popular what if oh, stories. Oh, so that, that is a comic book version. All of this is stuff from the comics mm. that they might adapt. Um, some of it is already kind of confirmed from trailers or casting leaks and stuff like that, such as the T'Challa and the zombies ones. Um, but those I picked out, a, I read about 30 different like issue synopses and I picked the ones that I think would make the best like Disney plus shows that I would like to see. Um, so anyway, I'll, I'll definitely watch the rest. We might talk about it from time to time here on the show. I think that's all we got this week, fellas, mm-hmm. fellas and fillets. Thank Word. you guys for tuning into our live stream. You can follow us on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, we're trying to <laughs> hook up with other podcasts. <laughs> Pornhub. We love you. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. Thank you so much. Happy streaming. Hey, everybody. It's Steve from Streaming Things, and I have the distinct honor of thanking the very first Patreon patrons for Streaming Things. These are people who went on to patreon.com slash streaming things and pledged at least a dollar a month to keep the lights on over here at Streaming Things. So without further ado, let me first thank Phil and Carmelita. You guys rock. You are both amazing. Thank you so much. And if you would like to get your name on as a uh, producer of streaming things, you can do so by pledging a dollar or more at our Patreon. But if you can't, that's okay. We still love you. Happy streaming.